minutes. If you have not followed his Triple H Horse Racing Podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country. Good evening and welcome to episode 283 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your proud host, Howard Kravitz. Thank you very much for joining us on a special night as we're going to cover the Alabama this Saturday at Saratoga plus the Lake Placid Stakes, the late pick five. It's going to be a huge day, as usual, of racing at the spa for an August weekend. Please make sure you hit that subscribe button on the right side of the screen. Hit the notification bell so that you know when new content will arise and smash that like button, of course, which will send us, uh, I send many people here to the show. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. We have two different power picks. We have our regular power picks, which are fantastic overall that you get on Saturdays that cover many different tracks. Again, look below the video player. And our Saratoga-only power picks, only three weekends left. You still have time tonight uh, as we're filming here live, 8 p.m. on Thursday, you still have midnight tonight on Thursday to receive this weekend's power picks. You can do that through our website, hhhracingpodcast.com. And then, of course, starting next Monday, you can subscribe for the big Travers weekend power picks. And then there's one more weekend after that. Go to our great website, hhhracingpodcast.com. We have a lot of very exciting announcements and news going on in the horse racing world today. So let's just jump right in. Uh, of course, you can follow me on Twitter. You can see at H Kravitz there on my name tag. And scrolling at the bottom of the screen is my email, uh, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. First thing, if you notice right there, and I sent out an email, due to everyone's work obligations, we are going to discontinue our Friday Saratoga Today morning shows. We really do appreciate all the viewership, it has nothing to do with that, but we're all working on Friday mornings and I don't want to continue to do a taped show. So we are still going to have Saratoga today on Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings, plus closing day, Labor Day, Monday morning, we will have our Saratoga Today shows. But anyway, we are going to stop doing our uh, Saratoga Today shows on Friday mornings only. Let me bring on... Tonight's wonderful co-host from the Saratoga Special, from the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, and perhaps going to be living in a state that will have live horse racing in 2024. Let's bring him on and talk about that. Paul Halloran. Paul, how are you doing tonight? Good evening, Howard. How are you? I'm doing a little bit tired. I got it. Doing well. A little tired. First week back at school. I know no one's playing the violins for me as I had the summer off and was gallivanting throughout uh, the country, visiting different tracks, and had the honor of being on TV a few times on different um, simulcasts. So back back to work. It's been enjoyable. It's good to see the students. But uh, you know how it is. Got back to the grind. Got to get used to that. Um, Paul, no Pete Visco as usual. You know, go on vacation, not with us, uh, leaving us just solo, you and I tonight. Speaking of gallivanting. Yes, he's in California. Pete, we're just kidding. Uh, I'm sure he'll listen to this at some point. Uh, hope you're enjoying your time out in California. Paul, a bunch of very quick things I want to touch on. It's a lot of news in the horse racing world. We've got to talk about it. Um, before we do that, let's bring on some wonderful 
uh, comments here. Michael Austin, of course, is here. Richard Avalar is here. Terry Frank. Uh, and we'll have plenty more people. Please make sure you comment uh, in the live chat so we can have a lively discussion. Paul, I already touched on it. Uh, Gardner, Massachusetts might be the new home of live horse racing. What, about an hour away from you? That'd be very exciting. Why don't you tell everyone very quickly about the developments in Massachusetts? Yeah, it would be, Howard. The only, you know, the only uh, warning is that this is probably the sixth or seventh or eighth or ninth or tenth track that's been discussed. I just read uh, my good friend Lynn Smearson's story on Blood Horse, and um, one of the key differences in this is they're not going to need a, a local vote. You know, they had a few other uh, projects ready to go, and they did not get local votes. Uh, they had one out in Western Mass. They've, they've been all over the place. Hey, look, I would love nothing more than to be able to get in the car. And as you say, I could actually probably make it in a little under an hour. Uh, and, you know, they're talking boutique uh, to start, you know, six to 12 days a year, uh, which you would think they would probably concentrate on weekends. So I don't know who's behind it yet. Um, I haven't had a chance to really do any uh, any homework. Uh, I know Richard Fields, who was one of the principal owners of Suffolk Downs, has been behind some of the previous efforts that did not make it across the starting line or finish line. So I, I don't know if Richard is involved in this. Uh, Richard uh, gave a tremendous effort with Suffolk Downs. We, we all know that story. They were screwed by the Commonwealth of Massachusetts uh, and not getting the uh, casino there. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, look at any <laughs> – the way we're losing racetracks, we can afford to gain one. Anywhere, yeah. and if it happens to be in my little corner of the world, even better. That'd be very nice. And I already put the comment on a quick shout out to co host of Bet and Boozin, Patrick Kunzel. What's up, Patrick? Maybe Patrick can take a little uh, day trip up to up to uh, Massachusetts next year if it's. Uh, We'd love to have him. Have a few beverages. Uh, Nick Feldman said a tropical store in California. Wow. That would that would be a real bummer. I don't. I've been a little busy, oh. so I didn't hear. Hopefully, everyone stays safe there, especially uh, uh, you, Nick. And Nick, of course, we had the pleasure to see at Saratoga uh, when we were there. All right, um, Cody's wish, Paul, your buddy Cody's wish. Um, big news. I didn't. I'm not sure when it broke, but it's been mentioned a few times now, and I read articles every day or try to keep up. Uh, they're pointing possibly to the Vosper. They're going to go back to one turn and then a, a trip back to the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. Uh, your thoughts on that? Yeah, and that, that was, you know, it was certainly unofficial. But, you know, even before I left Saratoga to, uh, the day after the Whitney, uh, that, you know, obviously they they were uh, they tried the, the mile and an eighth that didn't work out. Although, and, and look, they it's 100% what they're doing. They have to do. Um I'm going to probably go to my grave saying the distance didn't get him beat that day. He just, he wasn't going to, he just didn't have his day, but in any event, uh, you know, and, and again, Bill Mott has the top sprinter in the country, a few stalls down in elite power. So uh, Mott, the one thing Mott did pretty much make clear is I don't think he wanted to ship twice. Uh, you know, Cody's wish is up with him at Saratoga. Uh, if they had picked out a, a different race, uh, uh, at Churchill, for example, 
he would have been shipping Saratoga to Churchill back to Saratoga. And then obviously the, the Breeders' Cup ship this year is a big one, right? right. Santa Anita. So he can ship down to Aqueduct. Uh, that can be done in one day easily from Saratoga. Ship down on top of the race, run, and he could be back in his own little bitty by at night. And then, uh, you know, I would suspect they would bring him to California you know, a decent amount of time in advance. So yeah. uh, it looks like he's going to defend his title in the dirt mile. Um, you know, we don't know who else is, is going to be in there, uh, but, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see. I we'll, would love to see him bounce back from that. I, you know, I'd like, I just like to see him. I just don't think that was the real Cody's wish we saw yeah. in the Whitney and I'd like to see him bounce back. And I think he probably will bounce back. Well, it's interesting, and we're going to move on here, Paul. But, you know, if they ran him in the Breeders' Cup Classic and he ran poorly again, then you can definitely say distance right. is an issue. In a weird way, by not running in the Classic, it's still a bit of a question mark. Maybe that's just a one-off and actually would help his breeding by not running in the Classic if he were to run poorly. It's sort of one of those weird things, but we, we wish him well. We hope he runs really well, and it'd be a great end to the story and probably close to the end of your book if he could win with a Breeders' Cup mile win. Look who's here. He's he, he's here from, from Disneyland. Pete, you got to jump. Pete, if, you, if you're still listening, you got to jump on. I want to say hi to Mickey, and uh, that'd be hilarious So we can get you on. I don't, I don't think I sent you the link, though, Pete, so maybe we can't do that, or I don't want to bother you with your family. But anyway, Pete Visco's in Disneyland. Terrific. Uh, uh, Richard Avalar, I think it's Holodic. I think it's Holodic. Uh, it's how you pronounce that, by the way. I have no idea. But anyway, Jim Pilar's – I love Jim. Hey, Pete, any chance you can send in some goofy uh, goofy picks for this weekend? We'll see. Maybe uh, uh, Pete's got some ideas. All right, let's move on to the next uh, topic. Travers, Travers, next week, big, big week. We have a major – major race coming the midsummer derby a week from saturday uh paul we're gonna be covering it like a glove here and i have a big announcement that i actually sent out on twitter and email but first let's do this let's take a look at the probables and again we have all week next week to talk about it so this is just the tentative probable list for the travers you can see there on the screen in alphabetical order archangelo disarm forte we don't see them howard howard we don't see them um, they're on the screen, no? Not on mine. I don't know about anyone else. Okay, they're on I mine. see horses coming out of the starting gate. Okay, I'm not sure what you're seeing, but... Oh, okay. Well, it might be me. I think it's someone you. Could, someone someone could tell chat, us in the chat. See, does everyone see the Word document on the screen right now? If someone comment in the chat, I'm going to just keep talking. I don't... I, I think it's got to be... Oh, it's not uh, Nick screen. Feldman's... What in Thank the world you, is that? For those of okay. for those of you who thought Paul was going totally senile, I don't, that's very bizarre. Well, let me let me try. Is it on the screen now? Nope. Really, I have no idea hey. why. Okay. Well, this you is... read them to us, Howard. It'll be very uh, melodic. I don't understand why. Let me try it one more time. Well, I'll read it. Very. This is bizarre. I don't know why. Okay. Well, anyway, let me just read it. So. Uh, thank you. I see people's comments in the chat. That's very strange. I don't get it. Okay. Um, Archangelo, Disarm, Forte, Al Morocco, Mage, National Treasure, Reincarnate, Scotland, and TT, Tapit Trace. Just initial quick thoughts, Paul. First time since 2017 that every winner of the Triple Crown races is entered. 
and Forte's not even one of them, it's going to be a great race. I think it's going to be a great race. I agree with you. Uh, I think um, you're in a position to get a – you should be in a position to get a pretty good, fair price on whomever you like. Uh, I have a preliminary strategy. I mean, if, you know, if National Treasure can win a mile and a quarter going – Going a mile and a quarter on that track at Saratoga, you know, perhaps I'll walk back to Boston. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, um, I'm look at. I think Forte is a very, very good horse. My wagering strategy in the Travis, I'll tell you, nine days out will be against him in the race. Um, I thought Mage ran well in at Monmouth, and uh, Archangelo's training well and. Uh, Arcangelo, on the other hand, does look like the type of horse who's going to relish a mile and a quarter on that track. So, but it, I'll tell you, it's it's a good race, and you know, it's it's always it, it's a highlight of the summer, and then as soon as it's over, you start to get a little melancholy because you know Saratoga is going to be closed in nine days, and yes. and I always get very melancholy at the end of Saratoga. It's such a it's such an action packed eight weeks, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I will be. Uh, Presuming we're on next Thursday night on the flagship show, I will be joining you from Saratoga Springs. Oh, beautiful. Okay, that's going to be great. I have a very strong opinion in the race right now, unless something changes. And um, speaking of my strong opinion, next Tuesday night, Paul, very excited. You and I are going to be hosting and co-hosting. I'll put it on the screen there. We're going to have two great people on the show live, trainer, Jenna and Tanucci of Belmont Stakes winning fame, Archangelo, and one of the favorites or probably co-favorites in the Travers will be right here Tuesday night live starting at 7.30 Eastern, followed by Richard Migliori of Naira. Both here live take questions, Paul. We should have a huge audience. Mark your calendars, everyone. Jenna Antonucci and Richard Migliori. Wow, it's a it's an Italian fest on yeah. Tuesday night. Well, uh, of course, right? So that's going to be very exciting uh, for Travers Week. Please make sure you guys are here and check that out. Okay, uh, two other quick things. Big kerfuffle today with the DQ. We're not going to spend more than one minute, literally, Paul. But again, Ivrad was involved in DQ situation. This time he was the victim. Um, there was an inquiry. The horse that actually was taken down was a horse uh, for Bill Parcells that just barely beat a horse that I have a small ownership as long as well as Pete Forentel in Gemmin 10 and Adelphi horse. So that flatters the form of the Adelphi horse who finished second. Anyway, to me, a very obvious takedown. But again, the problem is consistency. People feel like they get screwed with IRAD. But I thought it was a very obvious takedown. I had no money. In fact, I didn't even know about it happened until I got some text today. Yeah, I, I as I told you before we came on, I, I played the, the horse that got put up I had in a pretty big double going into the last race, which I didn't end up hitting. So, uh, so in effect, I had no money on it either. Uh, but uh, I was, I told you, uh, watching it live, um, I was waiting for at least the inquiry slash objection light to come up. I knew there was something there. Uh, yes, I, I don't know that I'd say it was, quote, very obvious. I, I would say that they made the right call. Um, and, and I base it on, and people can go back and watch it. It was the ninth race today. Um, you know, uh, here's the issue, you know, Paul, again, what Trisha is saying, sorry to interrupt you. This is, this is, I look, yeah, Trish, and I hear you. I yeah. get it. If that's the case, we've got major, major, major problems. Cause I thought it was, this one was very obvious, 
But I, Trish, I hear you. I get it. That's yeah. The well, that's how that's a perception problem that they have created. The stewards yep. up there, they've created. And Trish Smith didn't just figure that out on her own. No, you know what I mean. She's basing it. Uh, you know, she's not talking off the cuff. She's basing it on what she's been watching. Right. The issue today, you know, if you've got a horse being hit left-handed who goes out four paths and makes some contact with a, a, the horse who's almost by him. And, and I think this is important, the horse that didn't go by ultimately lost the race by a, a half of a head or three quarters of a head. Yeah. You then can make the argument that affected that, you know, you know, these, these are big animals, but you know, you start going in the low 30 miles an hour and get bumped off your stride. So again, I, I didn't have any great financial interest. I believe the horse should have come down. Yeah, I agree with you. I had zero financial interest in that race at all. I just felt like it was the right call. And if Ivad does the same thing, his ass better come down. If his Correct. ass doesn't come down, people say, what about Forte? That was a different situation in that race. Irad sort of bowled his way through a hole, at least in my right. opinion, that wasn't yeah. there. Anyway, we're not going to re-adjudicate everything. Yeah, this was, this was like out different in the situation. open, only two horses involved. They were yes. in the, you know – out in the, the the mid to outside part of the track, every, you know. Yep. Uh, anyway. Yep. Anyway, Peter, I agree with you. By the way, we're gonna we're gonna move on, guys. I know people want to talk more, but about this, but Peter, I agree with you on that situation. I said it on the show. Last thing on Fortune News, art collector passed away, Paul from laminitis. Uh, just it happened very suddenly. If people don't know about laminitis, you can read about it. So it, it deals with their hoof, and it's extremely painful, and it's a real uh, problem for horses. Uh, great career, won the uh, Pegasus, probably a bit underrated. Bill Mott did a wonderful job with Art Collector. Uh, real shame, Paul. Yeah, it really is. Laminitis is, is often fatal. Those of us who recall the great Barbaro, who yep. uh, I believe uh, could have been a yes. Triple Crown winner. Barbaro had a 50-something day bout where they – the, uh, the the Jacksons, Roy and Gretchen Jackson, to their credit, did everything they could to keep him alive. It's just, you know, again, you know, we, we talked about it, Howard, with Maple Leaf Mel, the people who don't follow our sport want to know why you just can't, you know, you and I break your leg or we get a foot infection. You know, we just stay off our feet, right? right. Well, horses live on their feet, folks. And, and laminitis is a very cruel disease. Uh, it's very difficult to treat. And there are times when you treat it uh, i.e. Barbaro, and it looks like you might be out of the woods, and it's just very difficult. And, yeah, two-time winner of the Charlestown Classic at one of my favorite mid-Atlantic tracks. I, I watched the Charlestown Classic from the offices of the special last year on Travers Eve because we were all writing, and I had bet the West Virginia bred, Moadib, uh, who I bet to upset our collector and ran a damn good second. But, uh, yeah, Mott did a phenomenal job with this horse. I believe Joe Sharp, I think, may have had him early in his career. And, uh, yeah, uh, just to, to show you what he did, 23 starts, 11 wins, three seconds. He earned $4.2 million. Wow. You can see that, by the way, right? That Those Equibase, you can see that, Paul? Yes, we can. Okay. I'm just going to – I don't mean to be – annoying people right now but um there was an issue before and which has never happened in the history of this show let me see if this works um now there's something going on okay i'll have to make an adjustment all right no worries um that that's on me in, in the background i'll start yap i'll stop yapping about it so people can uh enjoy the show all right there we go paul so we everyone can see that right we're good all right paul let's get into 
the late pick five on Saturday at the spa uh, featuring the grade one Alabama. Uh, if anyone doesn't know the reference, check out your uh, 1980s and 90s uh, college football on ABC and you'll, you'll know why. Um, fantastic race. Let's start with the Lake Placid. Let me go ahead and bring up the picks on the bottom of the screen. Paul, great minds are thinking alike, hopefully, on a bunch of these races today. We have the same three. How about that? We have the wow. same three here to start the show. Race seven, Lake Placid, grade two. Three-year-old Phillies restricted, a mile to 16th, field of 10. Two of them are main track onlys. We're supposed to get a lot of rain, we, Saratoga, tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen on Saturday, Paul. Your guess is as good as mine. You would think the stake races will stay on turf for sure. And I'm going to assume the other uh, races will stay on turf, but obviously we got to be ready to make some adjustments. There are three Chad Browns in the race, actually four, sorry, the two, four, seven and eight, and we are going to make this another Chad Brown imitational. We're going with the same horse. Tax implications for Chad and Franco. Go ahead, Paul. What do you think? Yeah, well, Michael Lawson in the chat is thinking, uh, certainly like I'm thinking, and maybe yourself, uh, you know, surge capacity is two for two lifetime. Ran a very good 88 buyer last time. Absolute dream trip up the rail last time in the stretch. Um, You know, ran well. Uh, no, you know, took advantage of the dream trip, but I think it's the type of horse you, you try to beat. You know, Chad's got four in here, so good luck. We've been down this road before. Um, I thought tax implications actually might have run the slightly better race last time. I know he's three seconds in a row she has, which doesn't, uh, you know, isn't necessarily a confidence builder. But here's the uh, replay, Paul. I know you're now looking at the screen, but. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, we can see it now. Coming up the insiders, tax implications right here. And tax implications is trying to make up ground, yeah, down the middle. And, you know, again, they're fairly close here, so I get it. You know, from this point on, uh, the two outruns the three to the wire. But if you, in the old days of Trachis, uh I'd be interested to see what the Thorograph had. Uh, obviously, the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the three horse who in that race was tax implications. Uh, covered uh, significant, uh, significantly more ground. Uh, so I- I'm looking for the four uh, to to turn the tables. And, you know, I have the two second, Howard. You have them third. Uh, her Chad was on with Maggie after a win today. She asked him about his four horses. And he, uh, you know, if we could, anything unexpected, we could maybe expect. And he, he was fairly high on this, too. He thought on the cutback that this two might uh, – his horse ran a mile and a quarter last time. He thought this uh, two might have a pretty good closing kick at mm-hmm. this distance. So, um, you know, look at, at an AB, ABC grid, I'll have the four chads and uh, move on, hopefully. Yep. Uh, Peter Appley, Mr. Jackson. Whoa, Nile. Yeah. Man, I love that. I miss that it's guy. It's going to be a dundee. <laughs> I love that guy. Um, Asprey has a big shot. I've got her third. It just seems to me one of the Chaz is going to win. You already talked about tax implications and surge capacity. I, the surge capacity win was extremely frustrating to me. I had like, I think that was the fourth chat in that race. And I had the other three or something. And yeah. but anyway, she, she ran very well. This race feels very much like a trip dependent kind of race. I looked at prerequisite carefully. I'm not sure the distance is going to suit prerequisite. I'm a little bit against 
her. But you'd figure Irad's got the choice of a bunch and goes with this one. So would anyone be shocked if prerequisite wins? I certainly would not. I mean, is there percent percent chance Chad wins this race, Paul? 85, 90, in your opinion? Yeah, I would say, um, I would say, well, it starts with 50 without taking the horse's ability yeah. into consideration. Yeah. So you're the math guy. If it starts at 50 and now you put in the variables, Professor Kravitz. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I think we're up uh, certainly over 75. Yes. Just want to mention Trish Smith really likes Heavenly Sunday. I like this horse. Maybe she gets loose. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I, I, I'm using her as a C, Paul. But it's 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 a very good race. Uh, we got to look, see what the, see what the uh, turf is going to be like. It could be uh, quite wet. Uh, we will see how much rain they get tomorrow, hopefully not too much. Let's go ahead on to, and if I switch to this, I don't know if we're going to, oh, we do. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, let's go to race eight. Race eight, as I go ahead and switch the banners there, and there we go, Paul. Same pick again. Race eight. This wow. is an optional allowance. Uh of eighty thousand dollars, they are going. Uh, the distance. Hold on a second. I gotta make it one mile. One mile on the dirt out of the Wilson shoot. This is a real nice field of fillies and mares here. There's only one that's actually in for the tag. That's Movie Moxie for Linda and Jose Ortiz. We are both gonna go back in time when the <laughs> horses were fun to watch and we had a lot of W's. And let's get nostalgic. Paul, I like this horse quite a bit in this race. Tell us why you like Nostalgic for Mott and Alvarado. Well, Howard, without picks matching up like this, this would almost be like if Einstein had someone else working on the theory of relativity with him. <laughs> Absolutely. I know Matt Miller will enjoy that reference. He will. You know, I just thought long layoff, winning effort, um, you know, should you know, Mott's horses should advance off the. They, they're ready to run off the layoff, but should advance. And more importantly, um, you know, it, it depends on you know what do you think of the Delaware handicap? You got two coming out of there. I'm not all at one. I'm using as a price to be on the board, the five, but not that thrilled there. My other A is going to be the one. Uh, Linda and Jose got back on the beam today with. With two more, um, okay. I think that that you do want to be inside at that distance. I got to tell you how I do very. I'm not doing well in the Wilson shoot races. Just just not that it matters to anyone, but I'm having a hard time with the Wilson okay. shoot. But anyway, I, I just think you know the junior has uh, the horse doesn't have to be way behind. Should be able to get close enough. Um, I just think he's the best horse. Doesn't mean he's going to win, but I. Straight A for me. Yeah, I, I, I like that grade, by the way. Hopefully I'll give a bunch of those out. Uh, that's up to the students, by the way. They earn the yeah. grade. I don't, I don't give them anything, Paul. They have to earn the grade, just to let uh, all you students out there know. Um, I thought she ran big last time, and I am hope she's not too far back. That was a good field. 63 caliber somehow got up and won that race, but that's a stakes-class uh, mare, 63 caliber. So if there's any pace in this race at all, I think Nostalgic's a winner. I don't think she needs pace. She's not like some dead closer. She needs to take a step forward, Paul. I, I liked her last year, especially in certain spots. She's been very inconsistent. Obviously, something went amiss a little bit because she missed a lot of time. 
this to me is like a very high class stakes filly. Um, and she hasn't quite shown it yet. She's one of these horses, Paul, that I can see maybe not this year, but like next year being the Breeders' Cup just staff or something. I don't know. I, it's about time for her to step up, Paul. And I think she's going to beat this field today. You mentioned moving Moxie. Let me help you out with the uh, mile shoot uh, issue, Paul. Uh, inside. Yeah. Inside posts are doing great. And so you have a great thought with movie Moxie here. As I go full screen, the only thing with movie Moxie, who I've third, and maybe I'm reading too much in this because it's Lynn and Jose, the horse ran on June 16th. Right, Paul? Ran, mm -hmm. ran pretty well. Not bad in the slide. Sorry, going seven furlong. Probably a little too short. Comes back eight days later and beats Jerry Mander and Venti Valentine, who won. So you're like, Howard, what's the issue? You look at the works, no works at all, at least no published works in a month. Okay, mm. it was a bullet work, but it was only best of 10. I, Linda doesn't always work her horses fast, but this month off between published works, Paul, I don't know. It just feels, maybe I shouldn't question Linda at all, but you know she's in for the 80 also. She has to be. I, I would move her up higher. I almost put her second. I don't know. I have a few questions there. I put gerrymander in second. Um, someone said in the chat she's a bit disappointing. I don't know. I think she runs really well. And the thing here is I think she might be loose. And if she's loose, Paul, in this one-mile Wilson shoot, she could be dangerous. So I don't really love the 5-2, to two, but I don't see a lot of early speed in here. I'm going 7-3-1. Any other uh, quick thoughts? I'll go ahead and scroll down. Favor is a horse I looked at a little bit, number four, Paul. But, um, you know, she's improving. If she wins, that wouldn't absolutely shock me. You have Royal Take Charge in here, who is classy, but maybe this is too short, but it is our buddy Ray Lou. Uh, this, yeah. this, is a, this is an interesting race. Yeah, Al Stahl was on with Steve Bick yesterday morning and pretty positive on what he has. Uh, I think he said he still had nine horses up there, and they were all going to run in the last two weeks. Uh, okay. uh, you know, again, uh, not a great effort in the Delaware Handicap, but at a mile and three sixteenths. Uh, I think um, uh, this horse, Raylu has the ability to maybe to have this horse in the race uh, as, as he was, as she was in the mile in a eighth races, uh, the two optional claimers, one at Keene, the one at Churchill, which yeah. she ran well. Uh, really, the, 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 if you take out the Delaware handicap at almost a mile and a quarter, you know, th three wins in a second. So this is going to be my horse to kind of spice up the uh, tote board. Let me comment what Peter said. I don't have the stats in front of me. I do know that if you don't break well from the inside, you've got issues. But it just seems like horses on the inside, when they break well, they have an advantage. I've seen horses. There was a horse yesterday uh, that or I've seen many horses who break from the outside and they're sort of in no man's land. So you, know, you either got to go from the outside aggressively or you got to sit. You can't be wishy-washy there, Paul, because then they got hung out like four or five wide and it just doesn't work out. So, Peter, if you have any stats to back up what you're saying, that'd be cool. I don't have any specific stats. I'm just going off of uh, what I see and what I feel when I'm when I'm betting the races. Let's go to – let me put us on screen here. Let's go to the next race, race nine. Here we go. Keith Jackson, it's the Alabama. It's the Alabama. It is a grade – one, Paul, it's one of the premier races of the year uh, for the Phillies. This particular one is for the three-year-olds. It's basically 
they're a midsummer Oaks race, right? We could say it's a mile and a quarter, which is a distance that a lot of these girls have never gone before. Let's put our picks on the bottom of the screen. Oh my, look at this. We are thinking very much the same. I thought I was getting a little bit cute with my top choice, but maybe not because Paul likes this horse also. Let's talk about the future race of the day, Saratoga. It is the Alabama as I go ahead and bring it up on the screen right now. <clears throat> Grade one mile and a quarter, $600,000 in the kitty for the restricted three-year-old girls. This is a big field of 10 right there. And I didn't refresh the morning line. Sorry, let me do a little refreshing there. There we go. The morning line favorite is not there. It's right here. The morning line favorite is the number two. No surprise. Wet paint, Cox and Flavian. None of these girls, Paul, have blown me away, to be honest, all year long. All year long, these girls have really run numbers that are somewhat similar, although there is a horse in here that exploded last time, which we'll talk about, which actually I'm the only one that has that horse on the screen. Paul, wet paint, very good. Would probably prefer a little moisture in the ground, a no coincidence because the horse's name. But in all seriousness, she's a really good closer. She's pretty consistent. She doesn't always get there. I'm guessing you figure the distance is just going to hit her right between the eyes. Two to one morning line, a little low for my liking. Yeah, well, you know, this this race is kind of like a, a female version of the Derby, right? How would you have yeah. all the male three-year-olds go into the Derby never having run a mile and a quarter. So it is a little bit of a, a guessing game. None of these Phillies have ever run. I, I let me tell you what I think, Howard. I think the two best three-year-old fillies this year uh, both happen to wear Godolphin blue. One of them is named Wet Paint. The other is named Pretty Mischievous. Yeah, uh, we saw Pretty Mischievous uh, get put up in the test in that tragic circumstance, and clearly Seven Furlongs was a little too sharp for her, but she looked good winning the Oaks. Uh, this horse uh, the. No shot in the Oaks. You know, you weren't coming from that far behind. Uh, ninth out of 14. Uh, virtually every other race on the paper is is good. Um, I think I would be shocked if she couldn't get the mile and a quarter. I think the longer the better for her. I think she could probably go. I wouldn't be surprised if she could go a mile and a half, but the Belmont ship has already sailed. Uh, by blame out of a street, street cry mare. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, this horse will be a single for me, Howard. I, wow. I feel very, str I feel very strongly about wet paint. Wow. All right. Well, let's, let's watch the last replay, shall we? Of the, uh, CCA Oaks. This is yeah. wet paint, sacred wish and gambling girl. They're all coming back in this race. It was only a five horse field. We're going to show the stretch run here, but wet paint is the two sacred wish, the three gambling girl, the four. So you want to watch two, three, four here is I'll go ahead and bring it to the stretch and Paul I'll let you talk about it here. Let me go either on the back stretch here. Again, two, three, four, wet paint back here. Here's gambling girl in the Rapoli. And Sacred Wish, who has the rail in the Alabama, is right here getting the jump on the other two, which might just happen again on Saturday. But look at the fraction, Howard. You know, this wet yeah. paint is gonna make up a lot of ground into 48 and change and 112 and virtually 112 and three. So this is, you know, while it appears as if she's very grindy here and she has to really grind them down, 
Um, you know, these, these horses are, this is a very tepid pace. And, uh, yeah, she's got to come and get Sacred Wish, who she's going to have to come and get again tomorrow. But uh, she's got more distance to do it in, and certainly I don't think the race can be run any slower. And Sacred Wish, uh, who I'm a good friend of mine from Lynn Mass, Johnny Meckless, owns a small piece of. Uh, Sacred Wish is, is a, a pretty good animal. But uh, you, you just note that uh, once wet paint gets by, which was very late, you know, she just strides out and uh, – I, as I said, uh, I think the distance uh, really suits her. Um, yeah. Can I see her losing? Of course. You know, if, if Julia Shining were to wake up and, you know, put up a triple digit buyer, would that shock us? Uh, no, it wouldn't shock me. She'll be a B on my ticket. But as far as on the top line, 1A for me, wet paint. Okay. I looked very carefully at Sacred Wish, Paul, and – I feel the way you do. I like the horse. I love Johnny V. Black type thoroughbreds are fantastic. I, George Weaver, what can you, I mean, nothing negative. But here's the thing. Yep. I keep looking at that last race. If she couldn't win last time, Paul, how the hell is she going to win this time? That That's just my thing. Like, I think she's going to run real good, maybe third or fourth in this race. I just, I'd love, this is the kind of horse I usually like. I just don't see it here because she could, she have gotten the job done last time, Paul. And so I'm against her. Um, Julia Shining, boy, this is a horse we have talked about a lot in this show. We all we talked on this horse way back from last year. Remember the dem the demoiselle. This horse is goofy, climbing, blah blah blah. If she's grown up, she's big danger. But you know what, Paul? I've got to see it. I still have not seen it from her. Um, if a closer is going to win this race, I don't think it's her. I think she's fascinating. Where has she been? Has she grown up? I don't know. This is the total wild card to me of the race. Julia Shining, I'm not using her. Uh, just scrolling down before we get into the race here, uh, before I get to my choice. I think the number six, Chocolate Gelato, is going to play a big factor in this race, Paul. I don't like this horse at all. Not even a little bit. But this is Pletcher and Rapoli. And the other Pletcher and Rapoli is the seven. And I don't know how much respect the, the, their own connections have for this horse. But, Paul, if you can ever see a rabbit in this race, this has got to be one. I mean, if Chocolate Gelato is not on the lead in this race or sent hard, I would be completely, totally shocked, which is why I actually don't like Chocolate Gelato. Don't they have to be very aggressive with her to try to set it up for their better entry mate, Paul? Yes, and, and the better, the quote, better entry mate, who, who ran great in the Yokes, almost picked up pretty mischievous, but and, and I think it's a big but. I was really, really against Gambling Girl in the CCA, CCA so Oaks at six to five. I'm right every every lunar eclipse. I'm right about uh, something. More than that, sir. You can't fool us. Uh, I'm against but, her a bit again. Although I think yeah, she's I am too. Run, I think she's going to run better uh, on Saturday, though. I really do. Well, I, I think she probably will. And, and be, as you say, you know, the way that the setup wasn't great for wet paint. It wasn't good for her. And, yes, they should absolutely send. And is doesn't randomized have to go for Chad well, Brown, yeah. right? I mean, you know, unless they can figure out a way that this horse is going to win from behind. So, yeah. So is there a scenario where a gambling girl can come and pick up the pieces? Yes, she – you know, she did catch um, – she did almost catch Pretty Mischievous. We've talked about this. They put the blinkers on pretty mischievous going into that race. She is the type of horse, if she gets on the lead, she her mind wanders a little bit. 
Um, I don't think Gambling Girl is is as good as Pretty Mischievous. But to your point, Howard, strategy-wise, um, yes, it, it looks like Jose Ortiz is going to take – and Jose's on one and Ired's on the other. So Rapoli owns both, Pletcher trains both. Looks like Jose has to take one for the team here. And, you know, who knows? We might see uh, we might see 22 and 2, 20, 22 flat. I have randomized in third. Um, the reason why I don't have her higher is because of what we just talked about. I don't think she's getting the lead. But in case gambling – in case uh, – uh, not gambling girl, sorry. In case the six, whatever, chocolate gelato. And in case chocolate gelato doesn't break perfectly or maybe we're just completely wrong with our thinking here of a rabbit, randomize might be, Paul – I'll. I, this is my opinion. Randomize might be the most talented filly in this race. Just pure talent alone. But I don't know about the mile and a quarter. Nyquist obviously won the Derby. The the, the um, female family is not really uh, 10 furlongs at all. But you think I'm going to throw out Chad Brown and Joel Rosario in, in a grade one? You got to be crazy. Um, she's very talented. I'm not sure about the distance. I'm not sure about the setup. Taxed. Yeah. Tax is my top choice. And I got to be honest, Paul, this is the first time I've seen the morning lines, uh, literally, as we speak. I love eight to one. Now look, she's a little more grindy. Maybe she's not as talented as others. And I'm not going to show replays here, but her Indiana Oaks race was better than it looks. And I hated, hated that ride. I I don't, Bayrona got shuffled back to last for no damn reason. The source has a little bit of tactical speed. I don't know why the horse was last. Defining purpose who I'm against in this race um, who was in that race and got the jump with an absolutely dream trip, sort of similar the way that Sacred Witch got a dream trip, uh, you know, in the previous race, Paul. And tax loss, I had a big bet on uh, – I single tax, I think, in, in the pick five, and I was disappointed. I think tax wants to be in the outside, Paul. I've seen a bunch of her races. She seems to be better on the outside of horses. I don't think distance is a problem, especially on the male side. Collected went the distance – um, I mean, none of these horses really, other than wet paints, are really bred for a mile and a quarter. If Bayerano keeps the source in the clear, Paul, and the pace sets up like I think, I think Tax is going to get a real good run. Is she good enough? I don't know. But I want no part of wet point at wet paint at like eight to five in this spot. You sort of agree because you like Tax in second. Yeah, I think Tax uh... – Rin, uh, you, you know, again, the, the bat race is the you got to go down to the honeybee on an off track. So now you get to where's the bat race on a fast track? You, you, you go all the way back to New Year's Eve last year. Uh, ran very, very well in the Black Eyed Susan. And uh, you you said it all about the Indiana Oaks, uh, about the way. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. If you look at the races taxed as run, you know, she's been on the lead in some races. She's been second, third. Was there any reason to be last in a seven-horse field? Uh, clearly, no. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I have her second, so I got no issue. But, you know, if we're talking breeding, Howard, we, we do have to go back to our friend Julia Shining because <laughs> she is by curling out of an AP Indy mare called oh, yeah, Dreaming yeah. of Julia. So no, right. she is certainly, certainly bred to go this distance. And uh, I, I do agree with you, but I don't think it's going to be the distance uh, that gets taxed beat. Uh, the, the mile and an eight block eyed Susan, she was driving home and, and opened up to win by three yeah. and three quarters. So, yeah, I can, uh, I think Pete has it in the, uh, 
Pete has Pete two nine seven. Pete's two got nine, the, Pete's got the try in the chat. Look at him. Yeah, he's got, he got two that nine, from, seven. Let's hope he didn't get it from Dumbo. <laughs> wow. Uh, or Goofy, right? Um, Pete, thanks for chiming in. I, I know people are going to say, Howard, Tax has lost the wet paint a whole bunch of times and lost the fine. I get it. I, I know. I realize. I'm taking a little bit of a stab here. This is not like a love, love, love kind of selection. I just, I'm against Randomize a bit. I'm against Gambling Girl a bit. Wet paints can be a, 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 a very low price. I don't like Sacred Wish necessarily. Julia Shining has to prove it to me. It's sort of a process of elimination, Paul. We're going to move on, but I, I just don't see any reason why Tax can't run a big race here. I don't know if she's good enough to win, but I, I like Tax a little bit in this spot. Should be a great race, Paul, for sure. Let's go on to the penultimate leg of the pick five on Saturday. Now, these races, I believe, are scheduled for now, let me check. Yes. Both these races are scheduled for turf. Now, we're going to handicap this, everyone, assuming they're on turf. We'll talk a little bit about they switched to dirt. We have a limited amount of time, of course. We don't know what the hell is going to happen, Paul, but we're going to assume that these races are going to be on turf. I hope they are because they're these are nice fields. Picks on the bottom of the screen for race 10. Let me go ahead and bring up race 10. Optional allowance, 62.5. They are going one mile on the inner they're more likely to scratch off the inner than they are off the melon, it seems. The inner usually gets a little more wet. It drain, The water drains the inside more. So the races are less likely to be on the inner than they are on the melon. Big field of 10. There are four MTOs, which makes me believe, Paul, that they could take it off because they have more horses ready to run on dirt. If it's run on turf, the nine verbal is the favorite for Chad and Irad. You're going with the five, Whisper Not for Brendan Walsh and Tyler, who upset the field last time and uh, killed my pick five, but ran very well and showed some back class. And you're going right back to him. Yeah, and I never liked the scenario where, you know, 14 to one last time is going to be nine to two this time. But I, I thought that. I went back and, you know, obviously went back and watched that race. That horse was wide all the way around the track, starting, you can see the comment, four wide first, three to five wide second, six wide at the quarter pole. Yeah, uh, and and this had a really wide trip and, and closed fast. And, you know, I, I don't see any monsters here. And, and I'll tell you, one of the reasons why I went to that horse is I can, I will definitely be against this Chad favorite nine horse. That was a one-turn race. Uh, the horse, you know, I read as he can do. Uh, if you go back and watch the replay, you see the comment impeded late. I read did audition for an Academy Award right before <laughs> the wire at that race. That horse was not going to win that race. No, Definitely no. got in trouble. Got put up to second. Fine. That that's where that's where he was going to finish. wasn't wasn't going to win that race. Easter was winning that race at that point. I'm really against. I, I mean, I'm going to use the horse as a B, but. Uh, as far as playing the race, I'm against the nine. I, I thought wow. that the, the best race last time was the five, and the second base race, second best race, was the horse who uh, ran third, uh, Napoleonic War, uh, the the yeah. other Chad, if you will. So that that's how I'm going at it. Uh, I am going to use. Uh, uh, you'll note in my picks my sneaky. Hopefully, clever play is Rinaldi to take them a little further than maybe they expect and, and hang around for a piece. 
Uh, Rinaldi is very capable of doing that. He's done that many times. He's now a seven-year-old. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure he wants uh, turf that's not firm. We'll see. We are very. We, we've been quite similar tonight. We are. We couldn't be more different in this race. I like verbal. I like verbal quite a bit, Paul. I agree. And then we're not going to show the replay. I agree. He was not winning that last race. But let me ask you a question. What would Easter? I'm going to show who he, the horse that he lost to, basically by what a, a half length. What would Easter's odds be in this race, Paul? I'm showing the people well, right now. His odds would be Easter, low, but wouldn't Easter be four to five in this spot? Well, he would be, but I'll tell you what, he came back and I loved him a lot. He came back and ran just okay off of that race. I agree. Tough race though. Yeah, it was, but didn't you know he, he ran he ran okay. He didn't run great. Okay. Uh, I know because I was all over him. And okay. uh I, I, I was op- I was opening no bunnies or chocolates. Uh <laughs> so I'm it. aware. Uh th- you know that 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 was part of my thinking as well. Hey look. Yeah, you know, is any of us going to be shocked if a, you know, a Chad Brown, Irad ridden, uh, son of Flintshire wins a an optional claiming turf race at Saratoga? No, but you know we're looking for value, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try to beat this horse. You like him, so uh, it looks like uh, the theory of relativity is over for tonight. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see. Uh, I like your selections. I think. That I, Napoleonic War actually might be the better horse, uh, more, maybe better than Verbal. Much better post. We'll see. Uh, I, I, if it's scratch off the turf, look at the look at the oh. MTOs. I mean, if it, yeah, the, the MTOs will most likely win if it's off the turf. Obviously, we're not going to go through it. People can look for it for themselves. It looks pretty obvious. By the way, uh, Noah Maher is here. Um, let's see. Oh, he, I know Noah was ripping on Kent uh, earlier this week. Maybe Kent won. Uh, can't want to race today, maybe. But anyway, hello. He was good last last weekend. I don't know what day I was watching. Saturday or Sunday. So he was on fire. Okay. Um, you're talking about Kent, not Noah, right? Kent. Noah. Okay, Kent. Well, All Noah right. had a didn't Noah yeah. had a big pick five. Noah had a very too. nice. Uh, uh, was it pick five? Yeah, yeah. And um, someone had a pick six too. A little bit, a small one, but listen, I'll take thirty-two hundred. I'm proud of that one. Absolutely. That's nice for me. Uh, anyway, let's get to the last race, Paul. Ugh. This race. <laughs> oh man, I love let's this. Let's talk race. about the. Let's talk about the Hawthorne pick four. Okay. <laughs> you know what? Th- this race. Oh my goodness. If it's on, well, no matter what, it's on. But it doesn't matter. They can run it on the Oklahoma, so we don't have to watch it. This thing. Wow. Maiden forty. This is just a. There's bad horses. I'm very sorry to all the connections, but these are not good horses. Maiden 40, five and a half, scheduled for the turf. It's a big field, you can see, of, what, 10 uh, in the main body. 11. With, 11. Well, it says 11, but there's actually – that the ones are the also eligibles, though, Paul. So that's 10. Oh, that's right. Three. They're both – yes, I thought one of them was in the body. You're right. They're both. No problem. One's, so, a, uh, one's a mobile transit organization, MTO, and uh, <laughs> one's uh, also eligible. You're right. So, yeah, 10. Yeah, morning line well, favorite. Isn't 10 main... enough, Howard? What do you want, 17 in this one, too? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> you don't want 17 in this one, too, do you? Like no, the no, Kings no, no, play? no, 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 no. Uh, main body's got 10. Morning line favorite is a pretty big 8-5 to five Henson for Cox and Velasquez. Just want to show, wow, there are – there's one AE meant for turf. Uh, actually, excuse me. There's three AEs, the 1, 12, and 13 that are turf meant. 
the 1A, mm -hmm. 14, 15 are main track onlys. This is just a pure cluster. We're going to go through this pretty quickly. Uh, let me bring up the picks on the screen, assuming they're on the turf. And I want to make sure um, – oh, you know what? Yeah, you know what? My picks are wrong. My picks are wrong because it's the goofy entry nonsense. I got to change my picks. Um, I actually went – I meant to go 8. I got to change my picks. I meant to go 8, 10. Four. four. Excuse me. I got to move. I got to shift everything. Everything up here. When uh, folks, we do this before the numbers come out. It's I went eight ten four. Hundred percent positive. Okay. Um, well, so actually, we have the same picks. Here. So we both have V eight. Yes, we do. Uh, oh, we're back. It's good to have you back. Yeah. <laughs> Kern River. Uh, talk to us, Paul. Well, I, I'm going to give you reasons why the eight will win and reasons why the favorite will lose. How's okay. that? Kern River, uh, and again, this is this is the theory of relativity. We're trying to pick the tallest midget here. Uh, <laughs> okay. Michael Maker off the claim on turf is 17%. When you make it a turf sprint, he's 19%. Um, you know, this horse did not run well last time. Uh, second backed up all the way to eighth. But the fact that he was second and, and can be forward – uh, you know, why not, right, in this race? Yes. So now we go to the 10, Henson. Um, Verrazano, 13% with turf sprinters. Okay. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, how's this one? Pete will like this one if he's uh, still listening from Disney. Brad Cox and Johnny Velasquez, the last five years. One for 25. Oh, ouch. There's a stat for Jim Miller in the bullpen if he wants to bet uh, Kentucky or New York. Can you repeat, say that stat one more time, Paul, for everyone? Cox and Johnny V, one for 25, and I believe my default on Formulator is five years. Okay. Um, I will say, so, if, this it's, it's the the dirt, if this race oh. is on the dirt, you would upgrade, though, obviously, right? Or no? Well, uh, is, is Johnny still riding, or are they going to change if it's oh, on who the knows? dirt? Anyway. No. Yeah, look at Sir, so, yeah, who knows? Uh, right. Let's hope it's on the turf. I'm getting a headache with all this on and off the turf stuff, by the way. I agree. Uh, but it's yeah, funny but to go you know what? Do you, Howard, you talk about this. Do you, does anyone want the favorite in a race like this? Hell no. Yeah, no. there you go. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm going with, a, we're going with a horse that got a 38 buyer last time, Paul. I mean, but. Yes, plenty of room for approval. Well, not only that, this breeze was good. work was good. I mean, you want a horse on the lead in this kind of race. I mean, for sure. These horses don't pass. You want something to go to the lead, try to bottom out the field. I don't have a real strong opinion. That's why I'm using the four who's got Greenridge as the jockey, who's sort of a, you know, more as apprentice jockey. He's actually not that bad. But, I mean, the four's got speed. Would you be shocked if the four ran well? I'm not saying the four is going to win, but the four from the inside is going to show speed. I mean, so I think the four could be a factor, but I'm just going with speed here. There's a lot of horses I don't like. If it comes off, again, look at the uh, – actually, I think the also eligibles, like Spoofy and then the 13. The 12 and 13 are not impossible, um, or the one if they get in the race. I'm actually more interested in the also eligibles if they get in. And then the main track only is, look, it's the 14 most likely. 
you know, or the one A. I look at the also eligibles. You can make your own decisions. Again, it's hard for us to handicap this race because we just don't know what the hell is going to go on. So I, I looked at your four, Howard. I looked at your four, and yeah, I understand the thinking. You know, the jock is one for forty-one this year, but more yeah. importantly, the the trainer, the trainer last one hundred and twenty-four starts. Yeah. If I told you the over under on this trainer's wins total in the last 124 starts was four and a half, would you bet <laughs> over or under? Under. You would win. It's four. Well, not good. <laughs> so you might not now, have a race. Look, I don't think but... the four is going to win, Paul, but <laughs> well, you had a horse on the inside with speed and a horrible race. So I'm just throwing that one. I, look in, at in Howard. I get Katie Davis, I have as a B just because she's riding re- really well. And this horse has three maiden special races. And Maselli going route to sprint on turf is 20%. So look at we're reaching here, folks. Bear I think our it. Stephanie, this is a perfect way to end the conversation. It, it, it's, it's not yeah. pretty. It, it, a vomit bag. I don't think I'm not familiar with that, but Jim Miller right now is rolling his eyes in the back. Like th- this guy sees all different kinds of horses at different places. And he's like, Oh, you should give these guys respect. We respect all the horses, everyone. But look, they're just <laughs> Matt. Jim's like, no, these are pieces of crap. We get it. All right. Last, those are my words, not Jim Miller. I don't want to get Jim in trouble. All right. Let's go on to the uh, pick five here. Here's your, Pick five, Paul. I'm going to be ready to write this down so you can cash big on Saturday with Paul Halloran's pick five. Two, four, seven, eight with one, three, five, seven with two, with two, five, nine, ten with five, six, eight, ninety six dollars. You are singling whom? Is that the pawn? What? what oh, that what is what, what, what paint? Sorry. Go ahead, Paul. And, and look, we just got through talking about how tough the last race is. I would have gladly tried to go deeper there. Howard, I didn't really couldn't come up with much more. <laughs> so I yeah. said, you know what? I'm go- I, those are the top three. I, I'm yeah. going with my top three. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm spread out in other places, obviously looking for a price with wet paint as my single, but uh, in a caveman setup uh, with a ni- under under $100 budget, which my uncle gives me, that's, yes. what, uh, that's what I've gone with. Okay. Here's my pick five, $96 also. I'm going 2478. With one three four seven, we so we have the first same four in the first leg. With one three four seven, with two eight nine, uh, there there should be a comma there. Two eight nine with two nine with eight ten, and saying a big prayer on the last race, just hoping I can get to it and go with those two speed balls that we just mentioned. Um, I'm not saying wet paint. I don't trust wet paint completely in this kind of race. Maybe randomized gets loose, and I think tax is interesting. I'm going three deep, for better or for worse. The one I'm worried about most, actually, is the second-to-last race. I'm just going to Napoleonic War and Verbal. I could be wrong there, but that's the one I'm sort of taking a stand a little bit and just praying on the end, 8-10. It's going to be a real fun sequence. Let's bring on, before we let you go, Paul, let's bring on the director of racing from Hawthorne Racecourse. Maybe he's got an opinion on the Alabama or anything quickly at Saratoga. Let's bring him on right now. Mr. Jim Miller. Jim, how are you doing tonight? Good. Here's the only opinion that I have, guys. The term vomit bag race is an excellent term because there's a lot of times you look at races and it's like that. I mean, here's the thing. You're not going to make money betting every race of every day. There's some races you just have to say pass. There's some races that you don't like. And there's some races that are just kind of like, You throw your hands up in the air and you'd love to hit the all button because anybody can win. And 
the term vomit bag race is kind of like one of those that's almost like an all because anything can happen. Anybody can win. So I, I, that that's my thought for you. I absolutely love that term. That that, that was my favorite part of the show. <laughs> well, Jim, we have, we have creative listeners, Jim, <laughs> and viewers, as you know. Let me ask you one quick question. Yeah. Paul, you can comment, and then we'll talk about Hawthorne. You, you, you wear a lot of hats, Jim. You know about the racing secretaries. Do they purposely want to make the last race challenging, difficult, spready to make people stick around. I mean, what what's the philosophy from a secretary standpoint to make the last race like a lower level race and more difficult? Because it seems like a lot of tracks do it. I'm not sure I understand why. Um, a lot of it is the draw of the carryover and the chance to get the possibility of a carryover because that's okay. the thing that draws everybody in. The big pick six carryovers in New York and especially out on the West Coast potential for a pick five carryover for potential for a huge payout at the end of the day. So it's kind of your get out race. It's the race where you definitely don't want to have that stake last. You want to have something kind of following that up there, but that's kind of the reason it's usually a much more challenging race. It doesn't necessarily have to be a lower level race because for us at Hawthorne, we always want a bigger field later in the day too, just because of the timing of the races throughout the course of the day. But you do want definitely a much more challenging handicapping race for that reason. I agree. Uh, Paul Hammer, we're going to let you go. Any quick final thoughts for Jim or uh, what do you, anything you got going on this weekend, Paul? Just the final quick thought. Well, I want to know if Jim's okay. I, I think Jim's a White Sox guy, and I want to know if he's okay from that. I believe there was a walk-off last night. Uh, was it last night, Jim, yeah, in the intra-city well, battle? It's funny. I'm actually cheering for the Cubs right now. I am a Sox fan. I'm not a Cubs hater, but that was an awesome finish, so I'd like to see them actually do well. Wow. So that was really cool to see. And uh, I'm one of those, I think, for the White Sox to improve, they got to blow up this roster completely. So the more games yeah. they lose, the better for me because uh, it's been a very disappointing season. But I'll tell you, hey, the excitement of pennant race baseball, especially here in Chicago when you have two teams, is probably like it is in New York, probably like it is in L.A., stuff like that. So it is cool to see. Um, I don't know how it is out by you, Paul, for here. It, we're about two weeks away from the Bears taking over Chicago, basically, for – I don't know, the next four or five months. So that's what all the sports talk radio will be. Everything will become a Bears town. But uh, it was. I, I actually I enjoyed the end of that game. I thought that was really cool I, just to I, see I, the excitement out of Christopher Morrell, too. I, I agree. Well, we're a baseball town, Jim. But, you know, we, we had this guy Brady play here for yeah, for about – and uh, the, the Patriots very much dominated the discussion starting around September. But those days, the Patriots uh, picked last and – very good chance they'll finish last in what is a, all of a sudden a very, very tough NF, uh, AFC East. So in yeah, uh, the, the Red Sox front office isn't trying, so that makes it a little difficult. Anyway, well, and, and you're tough because the Red Sox are playing in the toughest division in baseball. So that's one of the things, too. I mean, everybody's good. Put the Red Sox in the AL Central, and they're the best team by far. Yeah. Sure. I, well, Paul, well, I have to go do – I'd like to stay, Jim, but I have to go do my homework for Uncle Howard. I have to do tomorrow's Saratoga power picks. So. Yeah, understandable. Got to get that tip sheet ready. Paul, <laughs> we appreciate your time, sir. Have a great night, and we'll talk to you soon, Paul. Take care. Bye-bye, Paul. Yeah, Paul. All right, Jim, don't go anywhere. We're talking about the uh, late pick four and a few other things, by the way, uh, at Hawthorne Racecourse. A lot of exciting things uh, going on. Jim, I do have to say one other thing baseball-wise. Oh, I just lost my pen. Okay. Yeah. The, the nonsense on Twitter, can we stop Can we stop saying that these guys should just run around the bases and just do a low high five and end the game? I mean, who, since when is 
did the baseball become the no fun league? I understand you don't want to show up and you were a pitcher. So you should talk to this really. Listen, the guy, Christopher Burrell, hits a game-winning homer. It's a huge game. It's against the White Sox. It keeps them in the pennant race. Let the guy take off his shirt. Let him run. Who gives a flying F? You know what? Let these guys have fun, Jim. I mean, the nonsense on Twitter, act like you've been there before. Give me a break. You want to get his game-winning home run. Come on. And and he hasn't been there before. I mean, that was a three-run home run to walk off to beat your crosstown rival with a full stadium. I mean, enjoy it. And like you said, you would make you, the would most. Would you throw at the guy the next game, Jim? No, I mean, no. I would hope you'd be more professional than that. I mean, come no, on. The most important point you make, he's not doing anything to show up the other team. No. He's celebrating. Be happy. He's not sitting there. I he's agree. not making gestures to the other dugout as he's passing by. He's celebrating. Celebrating for the accomplishment. Hitting a baseball is hard. Hitting a baseball is really hard. Hitting a guy throwing 99 miles per hour with a sinker is really, really hard. And doing it on two strikes when you're trying to put a ball in play. So I, all, all that stuff is nonsense. I'm with you. Celebrate, have fun, enjoy it. It was very cool to watch. It's good to hear that. And Jim, by the way, played professional baseball, for those you don't know. And he was a pitcher. So if anyone would have a fair opinion, uh, it would be that. All right, Jim, Hawthorne Race Course. You know, I looked at the calendar. I was like, holy crap. When, when did the calendar turn so quickly? So Hawthorne Race Course, the thoroughbred season, unfortunately. Ending pretty soon, September, what, 3rd and 4th, ending on Labor Day. Yeah, we're uh, we're winding things down. It's crazy to think. I mean, three weeks to go for this meet. So, And it's weird because normally you'd just be getting ready to start for the meet for what would be a fall meet after Arlington Park, but it's been a much different yep. year having to utilize the turf course. I'll tell you, the quality of racing has been incredible, and that's one of the things, too, when you're looking from a director of racing standpoint, yes. there's two things you have to manage. You have to manage a purse account, and you have to manage quality. And for us... The fields are really on the upper-end races, maiden allowance, allowance yep. races. You're going to see the, the one of the late races in this pick four that we're going to talk about is an incredible race for Sunday, an $80,000 optional claiming allowance race that is basically a stakes race. So when you're seeing good races fill and you're getting larger fields for them, it really makes things uh, very good just for the betting public, and it's one of those things that we enjoy. And uh, I don't know if you missed it last week. We had a race last week that actually had a super effective carryover because nobody hit uh, the Superfecta in race six, had a $19,000 carryover into race seven. Unfortunately, a couple of gate scratches with two-year-olds, but still, they bet another 70000 into that pool because of the carryover. So good competitive racing, big fields. It's a nice way to uh, round out the meet. Pete Visco is he's yes. in California right now, but shout out for Jack Spratt from last awesome. week. $80 horse, though, killed his uh, pick four from the show. Yep. But uh, Jack Spratt uh, from last week. So thanks from Pete Visco well, it, for that. And the thing – yeah, the thing that Pete and I talked about, too, that was really cool with that race was you talk about trainer intent. And when Pete and I talked about that race and dove into it, this was an Illinois bred horse that entered in the Illinois race, but immediately ifed over to the open. So if Illinois didn't go, the horse wanted to go in the open race, knowing that they could be competitive. And the horse was very competitive. And Pete, it's almost too bad that the one to five shots scratched at the gate, because I think Jack Spratt would have beaten that horse anyway, and you would have gotten an even better price. But Horse ran a really good race, straight straight and strong late. Uh, that was a really good uh, handicap in there by Pete. And one other quick uh, shout-out for you. It's our, from our good friend Jim Pilars from yep. Buffalo. Wants to give you a compliment, Jim. Glad Jim Miller's been part of the show. He encouraged me to give Hawthorne a look and is now a regular play for me. Thanks, Jim, yeah. uh, for the comment. Now, we got to talk. Actually, we have talked off-air, but Sunday's very important, Jim. I'll tell you why. So – I. I would love to be at Hawthorne Racecourse, but Sunday is my birthday, 
and my brother is taking me to the BMW a golf oh, championship. Nice. So there, I can think of no better way to spend my birthday with my bro watching some of the best golfers in the world at the BMW and having my phone out and betting a little Hawthorne ah. on the side. So we got to get some winners here, Jim, yep. for, for me on my birthday here. Can we do that? We can do that for sure. How old? Uh, 29, 39? Uh, sure. Plus about another uh, 22. Ah. 52. I turned 52 uh, on Sunday. Happy All right. birthday, young man. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, picks are on the bottom of the screen for all four races. We're going to do this pretty quickly. Let's yep. talk about the first one. This is on Sunday. Again, Hawthorne Sunday. Everyone be ready to write some stuff down. Main special weight, five and a half on the turf. The weather's actually going to be great. We got some rain. Uh, just the front came through. It rained pretty hard, but it was only about half an hour. It's going to be absolutely beautiful and quite hot, actually, yep. the next few days. So the turf is going to be great. You got a field of eight. Morning line favorite is Purple Octopus, Florida yeah. Bread. Love the name for Mr. Ravelli and Mojica. And you are going with Tough Little Nut, though, for Chris Block. There's some great names in this race, I'll great tell name. you. Um, it's interesting. I, I called Larry Ravelli today, and I said, okay. I said, you have Neon Dion in the spot. And you have purple octopus in this spot. I said, who's the better one of the two? And he said, honestly, he said, I think they're pretty even. I said, okay, come on, Larry, tell me a little bit more. I'm like, these horses have been working in company. One's got to be a little bit better than the other. And he said, you know what? He said, purple octopus may be a little bit quicker than Neon Dion. But both, I mean, you have hey. to always give Rebelli a look. But the horse right in between them, Tough Little Nut is the one that's intriguing to me because it's Chris Block. On the turf, you know how good Chris Block is on the grass. Look at Manny Esquivel's record. When he comes in to ride at Hawthorne, because he's riding at Horseshoe Indianapolis during the week, he comes to Hawthorne basically on Sunday only. On the he's only, right com there. He's yeah. only coming to ride live mounts. And mm -hmm. 19 of 27 on the board, you see there, nine victories. He's the one that's riding for Chris Block. Chris yep. Block has a lot of other options. So he goes to this one. Um, Palace Mallow's horses have been pretty solid. Uh, just throughout the course of the year, especially for the youngsters. And I just think this is a horse that could be a solid factor on okay. the turf, Chris Block on the grass, and I think you get a decent price. Okay. Um, and very good information straight from the trainer's mouth from Ravelli, who believes that the uh, six purple octopus is a little bit quicker than yep. Neon Dion. So take a look at that. You got a board watch here. We, you know, you look at breeding, uh, et cetera. Chris Block does have another one. Did you ask him about uh, the rail horse? Jim. No, I did not. I didn't. I didn't okay. call Chris Block. Uh, Chris Block. I just went more on the riders because Esquivel is okay, no always going to ride the number one horse sure. for him. And that's Lothenbach too. So yep. anyway, interesting race. Two year olds. Nice purse, by the way. Almost forty thousand yeah. dollars. Was there a purse increase uh, this meet? Or we've recently? had two purse increases this meet. So that's been the good go. thing. And and that's why I um, thought. Just going back to like Jim Pilar is checking out the races at Hawthorne. It's great that everybody's been supporting Hawthorne because we did that twelve percent takeout and win play show wager and talked about it early in the meet because sometimes people say. It's detrimental because you're just taking money out of the purse as well. Horse, the players have been supporting the wagering and supporting the uh, win play show wagers with the low takeout. So it's the reason we've been able to keep it in place all meet long, and it's definitely been beneficial. Terrific. Uh, Richard Avalar, thank you. So that's great. Have a happy birthday. Do uh, appreciate that. All right, let's go to the next race as I switch some buttons here. Race yep. five, allowance race, Jim. Uh, Got to bring the conditions down a mile and a 16th three-year-olds and up. This is an N1X, I believe. Uh, pretty big field here. Yep. Field of 10 going two turns and a relatively short run. So the outside horses are going to have a, uh, the jockeys are going to have a decision 
to make the, a very soft morning line favorite in the number nine path to success. Look at this morning line that Jim yeah. Miller has put together. This is a very difficult race, according to Jim. He is going to go with the number two, Star Nation, for Spagnola and Frankie Reyes, 10 to 1 morning line. This is a crazy tough race, Howard. And the thing about it is everybody is very evenly matched. There's a decent amount of pace. And like you mentioned, it's a it's a relatively short run into that first turn. Yeah. But a lot of the pace is to the outside. But look at Star Nation. First off, go to that race three back, Howard, on June the 18th for Star Nation. Look who the winner of that race was. That was Groveland. That was oh, a horse right. that Owen Hardy at one point thought yeah. that he had on the Derby Trail even. And yep. Groveland's a horse. Look, Tampa Trice is right there that you see three starts back for Groveland. Yeah. And then followed it right back up from the Tampa Bay Derby to show up at Hawthorne for that victory. So, and then it was the West Virginia Derby. So he thought pretty highly of that horse. And Star Nation was the one that actually ran third in that race. Okay. Then they tried to sprint in that next start out. Looking for Bala is a very good sprinter. That was an optional 62.50. Onasa is a very solid racehorse. And then the turf, I just think, was the wrong spot for that last start. So, you're back to the main track. Those races two and three back are both good enough to be very competitive with this field. And again, all the pace is pretty much to the outside. It looks like Connie's coup can show speed. Boone's path can show speed. Minnesota moon. So with the speed to the outside, I think Star Nation just kind of bides its time along the inside, waits rates and runs on late. And I think this is a horse that could be a solid factor. Interesting. At 10 to 1, I like the price. I guess the one negative would be Reyes is only 1 for 29. He's yep. sort of having a tough meet here at Hawthorne right now, Jim. Yeah, and he was riding. What it was was he was riding actually quite a bit up at Canterbury and then was just trying to kind of figure out business. Wasn't getting the business that he thought he was going to get. So he started to ride a little bit more regularly just the last couple of weeks. So a lot of those mounts were early in the season for Elliot Sullivan when they were just trying to get horses fit and ready. So now he's been back the last couple of weeks and he's starting to pick up a few more live mounts. Very interesting pick. Jim's top pick, 10 to 1 in race uh, 5. Race 6, optional. Let me bring it on screen. That's a great race. Uh, real nice. Wow, look at this. Optional allowance, 80,000. Real nice race. Six furlongs. You have some classy individuals here. You've got a, another big field. Jim, I got to listen. I understand we have you on the screen. You're on the podcast here, and you're, you, Hawthorne's a great supporter and sponsor of the show. But let's just toss all that out. Look at the field sizes, folks. Yeah. I don't know what people are waiting for. If you're not betting Hawthorne, especially on Sundays when the only thing they're really going against at that time of the day is pretty much Del Mar, yep. you're, you're, you're losing great opportunity. And if you feel you're a sharp handicapper, there's money to be made at Hawthorne Racecourse. Please check it out this Sunday, especially. Field of nine, again, wide open, more line favorite, tape to tape, Florida bread for Ravelli. And Rodriguez, who's been traveling throughout the country yeah. with uh, some of his horses. I think he actually was injured in a race, and I guess he's fine now. That's who you're going with here in race six. Kudos to Walter Rodriguez, the bug rider, too, because when you have your bug, you want to utilize it as much as you can because it does run out of time. So it's one of those things where he's riding everywhere. He's going with Ravelli horses, showing up at Indiana, showing up at Colonial. He's all over the place. Tape to Tape is a very fast racehorse. And this is a horse that you see through a lot of those past performances. Made a couple of stakes tries and three stakes tries in the last. And Ravelli, and I'm friends with Larry, he gave me all sorts of grief in that last race because the horse finished second beat in the neck. And he, he calls me, he goes, you know what? He's like, work all week, never ran six and a half furlongs. He's like, at six furlongs, my horse wins. But this race is six furlongs. So WW Candy ran a huge race to catch Tape to Tape in the work all week and then last out. But Tape to Tape at three quarters of a mile is so incredibly fast. 
I think this is a horse that should be able to cruise, make the lead, possibly never look back. But uh, you do have WW Candy from the three hole. And again, there was a very good ride by Abel Lascano just to catch tape to tape in time in that last out. But uh, I'll tell you, the, the pace is different in here. And I do think that uh, tape yeah. to tape is going to be very tough. I think Tim will be on the lead. I wouldn't be surprised if Julio Felix on the inside sends a little bit. And this, too, is not slow. Sharp Hero is right. inconsistent, but just ran a 96 buyer in the Gene Elizabeth there. Yeah, uh, it's just a mare taken on the boys. Yep. Just just to miss the Ovrar, Ovevre. I, I always get the name wrong. Ovrar. Ovrar, sure. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, too. your birthday's coming. When you when you hit a certain age, it doesn't matter. Don't yeah, worry about it. Yeah, it's whatever. It's not that old horse. You know, <laughs> This that race we just talked about, Jim. I don't know if it would be a grade three, but that could easily be like a listed stake somewhere oh, yeah. in here. It's just a nice allowance. So that is a a real nice race. You're going with the speed there and tape to tape. Let's go to the closeout leg of the pick four on Sunday at Hawthorne Racecourse. Main special weight, five and a half furlongs on the turf. This is for the three-year-olds. That first race was for the in the pick four was for the babies. This is three-year-olds and up. And now again. Look at the field. Yeah. And it's going to be on turf, ladies and gentlemen. A field yeah. of 11 sprinting. The number seven overdue honor for Louis Roussel and Julio Felix is the morning line favorite, according to Jim Miller, at 5-2. But you're going to go with Maneuver for Perez and Lascano, 8-1 to one, to close out the pick four. Yeah, and just think about the sequence like we had talked about, Howard. Okay, it's made an allowance for two-year-olds the first race, then an allowance race for the second race of the sequence, then an optional 80 and then back to another maiden allowance race. So that's one of the things where it is. It's quality racing there and big fields on top of it. So that is a solid thing. Um, I gave Maneuver a shot here just for a couple of reasons. There's been intent to try to get on the turf. They wanted to run on the grass in that debut. That race came off the turf. The horse ran okay in that spot. You get the inside draw here today. Abel Lascano has been riding very well over the course of the last couple of weeks. And I just looked up and down this field. Nobody really jumps off the page of me. The seven overdue honor was a horse that ran a couple of good races early on in its career, but those races were back in 2021. Then you had the long layoff. Then you come back with a couple of starts off the, off the layoff, and the horse definitely is going to run okay. I figure the horse will be okay. But again, it's two races at Gulfstream in 2021, then two races with intention yeah. to run on the turf at Belterra. Now you're coming here to Hawthorne. So here's the thing. They're going to bet the horse. We know there's going to take action there. I'm going to use it in my pick four. But to me, if I'm playing the race, I'm going to take eight to one, which could be 10 to one or higher. I'm maneuver on the inside over a horse like Overdue Honor, who could run a decent race, maybe and run second or third, but just going to be a much shorter price. I, I got to look at this field more carefully. But I can just tell you right now, Jim, there is no way in God's green earth, whether I'm 51 years old or 52 <laughs> years old, that I'm putting on top a six-year-old in a maiden race yep. who is, who's been ouchie his entire career. Yep. Now, can he win? Yes, of course he can win. This is not the toughest field. And on top of that, the nine scenic justice, who's three to one, yep. I do not like turnbacks in turf sprints. They don't usually yep. work well. This horse has been closing going a mile in the 16th. What the hell is he going to do, Jim, at five and a half? If I would, I would recommend to everyone, and I don't have a strong opinion, I have to look carefully, Find who you think the best speed is other than the seven. Yeah, look at the three then, maybe. Horse. And yeah. maybe it's a horse that's sort of unexposed, right. uh, Jim, that hasn't been on the turf. Do you have a sort of, I guess, the one that's more of a closer, though. Do you have, do you have a, a two Two horses horse that maybe could at? show speed. That one right there, the five, is one of them that could show Stroll speed. Go okay. into the market. Has okay. the potential to show some speed. You look yeah. back to that race on June the 18th. 
That yeah. was a good, solid effort there. Okay. Then you went back to Iowa. Then you're coming back over here. But Pat Clay's had a decent meet. So that one could show speed. And then, as well, the three could show speed as well. That's AP okay. Blazing Green. This is another one of those that, again, you're getting Esquivel in the saddle on a yeah. Sunday, a horse that's been rating close. And I think that's a horse that could be a solid factor as well. And wants to be on turf, but hasn't been able to get there. Right. But, again, this is a five-year-old. So this this last race, this is true. It's like we talked it. about, vomit bag. A little, it's a little, it's a little vomit baggy. It's got. <laughs> I want to see that in the next write-up, Jim and Hawthorne. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to see that, but uh, anyway, it's a real tough, very tough yeah. last race. Let's go yep. to your. Uh, let me take switch some banners here. Let's get your pick four. I'm fascinated to see you. Everyone's fascinated to see what you do here with your pick four ticket. A very affordable twenty four dollars as usual for Jim. He's going four, five, six. With two, five, nine, ten, he's going to single that very quick Ravelli in the third leg, the five, and then going one, three, seven, nine, which is a pure guess, really, in that last race, 24 bucks, Jim. Here's the cool thing about it, and we saw those monster prices last week when Pete had Jack Spratt. yet had an $80 winner. Again, $50 or $50, 50 cent late pick four is paying thousands of dollars. It's just a 15% takeout, but you can get a lot of coverage for the 50 cent base minimum. So for me... It's the two Ravellis and the Chris Block horse that first leg. The second leg, if if it wasn't for race seven being so tough, race five, I could have potentially hit the all button because it just is that tough of a sequence. Four deep in there, kind of using some of the horses that I thought could come from out of it. Just one of those really kind of tough races. Connie Scoop ran okay, maybe is the best of the speed. Uh, tape to tape is just, I think, the best horse at three quarters of a mile in race number six. So I'm going to single there. And then, yeah, four deep in the last... Not a lot of confidence in the favorites. Maneuver at eight to one. I would love to see if you get the right horses for this uh, ticket for twenty four bucks. This will pay in the thousands, so definitely worth taking a shot. I, I got to tell you what, I play Hawthorne almost every weekend, Jim. Uh, and even though I'll be obviously very busy and have my mind on other things on Sunday, before Sunday, I am going to deep dive again. I, I looked at this pick four a little before again on the show. I'm going to deep dive. I'm going to be uh, two all in here. I'm, I'm going to play a big pick four. Probably an ABC ticket, different variety. There's value here. Just going over a oh, few, yeah. I think you had some great ideas. You got 10 to 1 shots on top. There's some favorites I don't like. There's some very tricky races. Uh, Jim, this, this pick four could pay huge. And yeah. hope you guys get a nice pool size because it will be on the turf. And it's a yeah. Sunday. And like you said, you guys do a great job of not banging in to other races, even when they're going on to other tracks. You try to stagger it. Well, and that's the thing, and especially late on the Sunday, kind of what you're going to see is that start of the pick four will still be late in the card at Saratoga, but we're definitely not going to be on top of their races. We usually, by that time, are, say, seven to eight minutes ahead of them, so that timing works out. And then the second half of the sequence, like you said, we fall right in between Del Mar. So timing is really kind of perfect. It is going to be beautiful this weekend, so expect all these fields to hold together really well, but it is. It's a really good sequence. Uh, it's fantastic. Now, Jim, one last question before I let you go, and I suppose this is a better question off the air, but it's yeah. appropriate. It's appropriate, so don't worry. And I, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna plead uh, guilty here for my naivete. When you switch to the harness yeah. racing, does your role? How much does your role change, if any at all? Um, it's still pretty busy. Uh, definitely for harness racing, I, I handle all the horsemen's relations stuff for harness racing, so it's allocating stalls. Uh, dealing with just any, any type of race day issues, which means race timing. When do horses go out in the paddock? When do they come in? Dealing with horses shipping in, uh, weather conditions, because you have to deal with the maintenance of a harness track a little bit more. And for those who don't know, 
we're the only track in the United States that converts their thoroughbred track to a standard bred track still. And we do it multiple times every year. So dealing with that kind of stuff. And then I'm handicapping on air as well. So they definitely keep me very busy. But uh, within that, too, I'm also going to be uh, hitting the road recruiting thoroughbreds for the uh, start of the 2024 meet. And uh, our racing dates are just a month away. So everybody will know next month uh, what our racing schedule is going to be next year for harness and thoroughbreds. But uh tell you, I'm definitely excited for that, too. Well, we're excited, Jim. People know, Jim, you've been a big part of the show now for several months. We really appreciate it. I will talk to yourself and the powers that be. And uh, we don't usually cover harness very much, but I know Jim Pilars, for example, is a big harness guy. I love harness. I'd love to keep our relationship going beyond early September at Hawthorne Racecourse for the rest of 2023. So you and I in Dakota, we'll have a little conversation, see what we can do to continue to promote Hawthorne Racecourse. Jim, anything else you got going on? Anything else as we close the show? Uh, as always, contests are there's always contests happening at Hawthorne. So definitely make sure to check that out. We have the big one on Thanksgiving weekend. If you want yep. details on that, go to the website, HawthorneRacecourse.com. Click on the contest tab. It'll have all the details. But there's so many NHC qualifying seats. So it's definitely worth checking out. Absolutely. Jim Miller, pleasure, man, to have you uh, on the show. Hopefully uh, Sunday will be great for me for several it reasons. It will be. And, uh, we absolutely, we appreciate your help. We also, as a Cub fan, we appreciate you Sox fans supporting the Cubs. Let's have at least one Chicago damn baseball team in the playoffs. That's what I want. I mean, I, uh, I, I'm not a Cubs hater by any means. I cheer uh, them we, on if, if I can. We know. We appreciate that. Jim, thanks a lot for my fantastic co-host, Paul Halloran, and good friend and guest, Jim Miller. This has been your host, Howard Kravitz, episode 283 of the HHH Racing Podcast. Say it with me, crush your bets at Saratoga, and Hawthorne this weekend. Take care, everyone. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Racing podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country.